Welcome everyone, I'm Reba Sparrow, and today we find sisterly solidarity on the Mystery Box Show podcast. Today's story is coming to you from a gal named Kat, who I think is a really cool person. She's a little bit private, so it was even more special that she shared this very vulnerable story with us on stage and actually gave us some insight into a profession that I think a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about. I'll speak more to that at the end of the story, and we're just going to dive right in. So please welcome into your ear holes, Kat Salas. It's August 2014, and I'm standing about three feet away from a tetherball pole, kind of trying to figure out where my arms are going to fit if I just, you know, if I just bend this way. And I, think, I think if I do that, then I can just sort of go into it. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about all the other times in my life where I was standing in front of a tetherball pole. High school, middle school, but the stakes have never been this high. Because this time it's not even really a tetherball pole, it's a makeshift stripper pole that I used from the tetherball pole of this lady who I had just met at Fred Meyer. (laughs) And that's because two days before, I had gotten hired as a stripper at Johnny Diablo's Black Cauldron. And you know, I had never done anything like this before, ever. I didn't even know if I could do something like this. But I was 19, at $200 to my name. I didn't talk to my family, and I had moved to Oregon only to find out that the woofing situation that I was supposed to be working at was actually these really, really creepy dudes. So I needed to get out. And this was it. I felt like I didn't have a choice, which is why I was standing in front of this tetherball pole. I was standing three feet in front of this tetherball pole, picturing every stripper I had ever seen in my entire life, from the lady on My Name is Earl to the lady who's on the back of all those mud flaps. Um, (laughs) Looking ahead of me and just thinking, I can do this. Thursday, and I'm sitting on the red line train, riding out to Gresham, hour and a half train ride, and I'm walking in to Johnny Diablo's Black Cauldron, straight to the dressing room, pulling on these thigh-high black plastic red stitched leg avenue boots that I had gotten from Goodwill and patched with American flag duct tape. (laughs) I could barely walk, sort of like tiptoeing up to the DJ booth. And of course, he asks me, so, you know, what's, what's your name? And I'm like, Cam. I didn't, fuck, I didn't think of a stripper name. Um, not, not uh, ca- can, you, can you tell me what you think it would be? Just out of curiosity. He looks at me and sort of sizes me up. He goes, uh, I call you Trisha Fox. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Trisha Fox. <laughs> silently wondering how many X's that has, like three or... (laughs) Soon enough I hear, 
And for the first time tonight, we welcome to the stage Trisha Fox. My hands are on the pole. My eyes are closed. All of those pictures, all that practice is running through my head. Amy Winehouse's Back to Black is playing on the stereo, and I'm just thinking, all right, first song, top off, second song, underwear off, third song, fully nude, and I just start moving my body, you know, just like, I'm like bending my back, it's kind of sexy, you know, I'm like swirling around the pole, which apparently could spin, I had no idea. <laughs> Finally, the third song is over, and I open my eyes, fully expecting hundreds of thousands of $1 bills to be raining down on my naked body. And instead, I see like this dude in a Harley Davidson jacket, um, just sort of sitting there with two fingers on a dollar bill, deciding whether or not he should take it back. <laughs> Fuck. I'd always thought that, you know, if I did this thing that, like, women, people really aren't supposed to do, which is, like, take all your clothes off and, like, shove your vagina in someone's face, that everything would happen, that I would just get that money. But now I'm here, and that's, like, it's not what's happening. I walk back to the side stage, tucking the $1 into my G-string, and I'm starting to do the math in my head, like, all right, I need $500 to move out of the place. I need to pay a $35 house fee, $10 to the DJ, like uh, $10 to the security guard. There's three security guards, so that's $30. Okay, and I've made $1. You know, I must have been looking really upset because out of my peripheral vision, I see my coworker, Sapphire, coming up to me. I have to tell you, Sapphire is a fucking trip. Yo, no, like, <laughs> like she's a fucking trip. She's the kind of lady that in her mid-40s still knows how to do the best tiny pigtails. She comes into the dressing room with this big plastic suitcase just full of like stripper outfits, like a lot of stripper outfits. Like, if you've ever been to a national park and you see, like, the trees, they cut them in half, and these are how we know the increments of time that the tree's been alive, you know? But just with G-strings. She goes, hey, are you okay? And of course I go, no, I'm not okay, I'm not making any fucking money. And she goes, well, maybe, you know, if you, if you smiled, I'll smile when I make some fucking money. <laughs> this is an incredibly patient woman that I'm talking about, just to be clear. Because she reaches out her hand and she goes, just, just come with me, just come with me. Take her hand and she leads me to the center of the stage at Johnny Diablo's Black Cauldron. And then for those of you who haven't been there before, you've got two stripper poles, and then you've got like this big, like black octagonal, like wooden structure with a, just a chunk of um, shag green carpeting on top. <laughs> and of course, there's like a bleach bottle to the side to clean it. I've never cleaned my carpet that way, but I... <laughs> and 
She takes my hand. I can hear the plastic boots kind of squeaking against each other as I climb up onto the cauldron. She puts one hand on my back and goes, do you know how to swing dance? No. no. There's nobody in the entire club, but her other hand finds mine and we lock elbows, spinning around sort of like two little strippers in a music box. <laughs> I think we have this idea, you know, that when something really, really good happens, like really good happens, time is just supposed to stop. All the movies with the important moments, like the first kisses, nah. The really good moments, it makes, uh, it makes time hustle. It makes you hustle because all of a sudden, I couldn't tell you if it was five minutes, if it was 10 minutes, if it was 20 minutes, or if we were even swing dancing but I'm stepping off and I'm in a whole different headspace. I'm walking up to customers. I'm asking them how their day is. I'm owning the name Trisha Fox, no matter how many X's it has. <laughs> and by the end of the night, I'm sitting in the back in the dressing room and I'm counting up my money. I'm like, all right, I got stage. All right, I got tip out. I got some of my rent. And for the first time in probably a week, I exhaled. It was just like, things are gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And it's been okay because this past August marks two years of me being a professional stripper. And um, I'm going to be 110% honest with you guys. I don't remember, like, any of my customers' names. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the name of the guy who I gave a lap dance to last night. <laughs> but I remember all of the women. I remember everyone who took a time out of their day to teach me a pull trick that I never thought I could do. I remember... Everyone who's given me everything from a tube of eyelash glue to profound life advice on how to deal with my mother. I find myself feeling more grateful than I ever thought because I'm part of this community, this sisterhood. And it's kind of funny, you know, because I come to this thing and like I'm a stripper and I'm supposed to be here telling a sex story. But when I think of those women, I know that I am absolutely telling a love story. Oh, I love that ending. Yes, this is a sex story, but actually it's a love story. 
uh, a love story based in sisterhood, which I think is so important because so many female identified people are in constant competition with each other and fighting against each other. And I know in the recent years, we as women have really been trying to come together and not put each other against each other in competition, but to support one another and help one another. And I think this story speaks to that beautifully. And I also think it dispels some common stereotypes about being a dancer or being a stripper is that many, many strippers, including this one, really enjoy their jobs and they choose to be there. And it's angering when anyone makes the assumption that that's not true, like right off the bat. I think it's a common story that we hear that dancers or anybody in the sex industry, honestly, is there because they were forced to be there, is there because they don't have any other choice, is there because they're an addict of some sort, is there because they're in trouble, in danger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that couldn't be farther from the truth for most people that I know anyway that are in the sex industry, hashtag sex work is real work. And I think this story speaks to that beautifully. I'll tell you one thing for sure. I will never look at another tetherball pole the same. (laughs) Let us know what you thought of Kat's story. You can get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, or email. All of the links are at mysteryboxshow.com. You can also pitch your story to us, and you may end up on one of our live stream shows or right here on the podcast. Directions for how to pitch a story are also at mysteryboxshow.com, and we'll have those links in the show notes as well. You can support us on patreon.com slash mysteryboxshow, where you can have early access to all of our podcast episodes and YouTube videos, plus special gifts and personal interactions with us. Our music comes from our good friend Farnell Newton and the other ship connection. Our audio engineer is Greg Keenan at Sound Minion Studios in Longmont, Colorado. Thanks to our production assistant, Nicole Perkins, my co-producer, Eric Scheuer. I'm your mistress of ceremonies, Reba Sparrow. On our next episode, we go online and undercover. Here's a funny thing. If you reach out to people who are trying to have anonymous affairs with people and say, I'm a guy too, and I'd like to find out about you and the relationship you have with your wife, people kind of avoid you. And finally, I decided that I would instead create Gabrielle. Tune in next time on the Mystery Box Show podcast.